0: Hello, for those of you just joining us, I'm Danielle Brill, Tech at Work writer for the Washington Post. We are talking about finding a new balance in the post-COVID workplace. I'm pleased to welcome our next guest, the CEO of Kickstarter, Hi. Aziz Hassan, to Washington Post Live. Aziz, thanks for joining us.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so let's start off with what Kickstarter does. You're basically a funding platform for creative projects. Tell me about how it works.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, So the way that the platform works is you've got uh, a creator who has a creative project. They bring it onto the platform. And basically, they create a page for their project that ultimately acts as a fundraising page, and then ultimately a way for them to share their work as they're making it. Now, backers, as we call them, uh, will come on to support creative projects. They'll either find it through the creator on Kickstarter.com itself. And they'll be able to support the project by making a pledge and actually pledging for a reward that the creator is offering. And so in the time period that they have to fill their campaign, if they reach success, the creator receives the funds from the backers and the backers are charged. Uh, and if the creator does not, then the backers are not charged and they have another shot to decide if they want to take their project again. So um, it, it's, I think it's really fun and cool because you get to see strangers beating strangers to support each other on untested ideas that I think is a lot of fun.
0: That does sound interesting. Um, I've seen a lot of really cool Kickstarter projects, so uh, very cool stuff there. Um, I wanna move to some, some statistics that you've provided and I'm gonna read this off. Uh, you said that the number of projects in April of 2020 which pretty much was the outset of the pandemic, were down 25%. But by August, which is just four months later, you were only down 7%. So tell us about the impact of COVID and then how Kickstarter bounced back.
1: Yeah, sure. You know, so coming into you know, March, if we think back to March of 2020, I think this was a scary time for everybody, whether it was a business, whether you're an employee or just an individual with your family or your own sort of responsibilities. And I think at that time, I you know, th- th- thought the world halted. And I think what we saw was that creators also felt the same thing. There was a lot of uncertainty. Should I launch my project? What's gonna happen next? You know, and so at that time, I think, you know, it was really uncertain what was going to happen. And as you mentioned, you know, four, let's say five months later, something that we learned sort of throughout that process was that backers actually remained resilient and wanted to support the work. And so what we saw was this latency where uh, the backers still had this desire to support creative work, and that actually never wavered. And as creators started to learn and see that four or five months later, they decided that, okay, now I actually can take a chance on that project. And there will be support. That support actually exists. And the chances of me being successful um, are going to be high. And I think what's been really interesting to see is that, you know, you know maybe as a result of the pandemic long term, as people are sitting at home and they're thinking about uh, their own passions and their ideas, we've seen a lot of people start to take a chance on their idea, which I think is something that um, we weren't sure if was going to happen.
0: So in during the early days of the pandemic, uh, the company also struggled a bit, right? Um, between layoffs and buyouts uh, last May, your employee headcount dropped uh, by almost 40%. Tell us a little bit about what's happened to your workforce since then.
1: Yeah, sure. You know, one of the key things at that time as we were looking at the business, um, and I think it was really challenging is just sort of seeing all of this uncertainty happened, one thing that we realized was we need to make sure that we are positioning the business going forward in a way that it can be resilient in the future as well. And so, you know, as you mentioned, that actually led to a really, really tough decision to uh, part ways and say goodbye to a lot of incredibly passionate people who I think just deeply care about our mission. And so what has sort of come to bear, I think, since that, um, what we found is that, you know, as we've tried to structure the teams, you know, in a way that actually allows us and the business to be more resilient, You know, we're focusing our time, our energy, and our impact, you know, as squarely as we can on the things that we believe will help bring this mission forward and help those creators get connected to the backers that are going to ultimately support them.
0: So your company is fully remote now. Are there plans to go back to the office or is remote work sort of the plan for the future?
1: Sure. Yeah, we actually mentioned to the team, you know, um, not too long ago that we were going to be fully virtual going forward. And the thought here, and I think has been at the center of the way that we've always thought about our employee experience, is uh, how do we think about flexibility? And I think one thing that happened, obviously, as a result of the last 18, 20 months, uh, we were fortunate enough when we shifted into remote work that actually we could do that, meaning our business, most of how we set up our service can be worked on remotely. And what we've seen, I think, is a way in which we've seen the team get engaged We've seen ourselves struggle with collaboration. We've tried a bunch of different things in terms of how we connect, how we operate, how we um, ideate together. And so coming into this year, you know, we decided that we'd go fully virtual and you know, really sort of use that to put some more wind in our sails.
0: So you're doing something else that's really innovative in terms of how you work. Uh, you announced in June that you would begin a pilot program of a four day work week. Yeah, four days. For anybody watching, <laughs> it sounds really attractive. Tell us how's that going. Um, I know that's, uh, that's going to start in 2022, correct? Yeah. Um, tell me how your employees have reacted. Tell me the plans, the expectations around that.
1: Sure. So, I mean, we're in the middle of planning for this. And I think to do a pilot and to do it well, especially for something that I think, you know, is an incredible forcing function, I think, you know, when you think about it for the business, I want to make sure that we plan this well. Because it's not as easy as just saying, "Hey, we're going to do a four-day work week, and magically it's going to come together." The truth of it, underneath it, is you want to make sure that you're setting up the test and the experiments in a way that actually you know what you're measuring. You're understanding actually from different types of teams what's going to impact them. I think a lot about the differences between maybe a team that's working on the product in and of itself is going to operate very differently in a four-day work week than the teams that are that are uh, user facing. You know, the folks that are going out there every day and meeting with users or our community support team or teams that are actually engaging in that way. So right now what the team is doing, we've got a small task force that's pulling together a sense of, okay, what does it take actually for each department to operate well? And then what are the ways in which we're going to know the changes that are happening inside of both the team and the company at large so that we can actually take the knowledge that we're getting from the experiment and understand how to make the four-day work week work?
0: And tell me about the economics of that. I mean, does this change how people are paid? Does this change any expenses or costs for you guys?
1: Sure. So I think, you know, kind of at the center of this, I mentioned flexibility. The goal here is the outcomes that we have. And ultimately, those outcomes for us are the number of creative projects that are coming out into the world, the way in which we're moving our business forward and able to continue to support that. And so really, this is about making sure that the outcomes are met. So for the team, in the four-day work week, we're not changing uh, salaries. We are thinking about 32 hours in a week and really taking this as a moment to reimagine the way that we're doing our work, to do it in that time, and to achieve the same, if not better, outcomes.
0: So how are you going to evaluate the success of this program? Are there certain metrics you're going to look at? How will you know it's working? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think that's the, that's the big question on our minds. And I think very specifically for Kickstarter, we're trying to think about how that functions for each team. I don't have the answers for that right now. The team's looking into it and that task force is working on it. What we have seen and what I am, I, I've been spending some time with um, and this team has as well, is that this has been going on in a few different companies. Um, I think about just you know sort of central in the US, there's Buffer and Uncharted who've been doing this for I think about a year, year and a half now, and have started to report some of their own findings and metrics. Uh, And then there was a study in Iceland where it was a kind of broad sweeping shift uh, to do this. And so we're looking at some of those uh, to understand, but we're also part of the four day work week uh, campaign. And there's a group there who's actually taken studies from around the world and actually will be helping us chart what that pilot should look like and to really help us calibrate those metrics.
0: So you just mentioned a a bunch of other um, areas and and groups that have, have piloted this, that have done this. What have you seen from them? What are you learning? How are you guys um, using that knowledge to sort of beef up your program?
1: Yeah. You know, the things that I think are really interesting is that I think you see three potential outcomes. One is that it it doesn't work and actually doesn't drive your business forward. The second is actually you're able to do the same outcomes that you have today and maintain that. You're just taking less time to do it. Um, and then the third is that actually it fuels, I think, even more... Uh, impact and productivity. And so my hunch here and what I'm most curious for is that as we do this as a team, if what we're able to do is reimagine the way that we're working, my hypothesis is that's actually going to lead to a lot more fulfillment in our ability to feel like we can make an impact on Kickstarter's mission you know, with more potency. And that actually is going to drive our own uh, interest and desire and curiosity for new ways of working that ultimately propel the business forward. So that's like my sort of hypothesis that I'm really curious to see how it uh comes to be but you know I think that there are small indications this is happening in some companies
0: and as far as your actual employee base uh what are you hearing from them is this becoming sort of a competitive advantage or is it too early to say yeah
1: so for our team I think everybody's very excited uh just about the idea of what this could be and then I think there's a lot of sort of cautious optimism right it's it's It sounds really nice, but it's gonna be work. It's gonna be work to figure it out. So I think where I see the team, I generally hear a lot of positivity around it, a lot of curiosity. And I think, you know, at this point, the real question is, is, well, what does a pilot look like? How do we do that? And when we engage with it, I think the questions that you're asking are the same questions that we have. How will we know? How will we talk about our learnings? How will we take those learnings and then experiment more with it? Um, And I think a lot of that, you can't predict that ahead of time. You actually just have to roll up your sleeves start doing it and start learning.
0: So, uh, you know, four day work week may be part of this question, um, but this may be broader. Uh, Tell me a little bit about what you think as the CEO are the most important factors to keeping your workforce happy.
1: Sure. You know, I think a lot about, you know, everything that I think has happened in the last almost two years at this point put a forcing function on, I think, things that we've always sort of known, uh, which is how are we thinking about our lives holistically as individuals um, and you know work and, and home? And I think the things that really, I think make a difference is uh, I moved, I've moved away personally from a world, the world balance to the world of harmony. And the idea here to me is how do you take the different aspects of your life and set them in harmony with each other that each one is creating more value or more resonance Uh, with each other. And so the idea right now is people are working from home as our team is finding their own kind of harmony amongst work, life, personal and all this. You know, I've heard from some folks that being able to just go and throw the laundry in for five minutes in the middle of the day actually creates this sense of just calm and ease and, and not this extra stress that is really valuable. And I've heard from other folks that the idea of having all of this, you know, flexibility and actually having to manage that on their own is very overwhelming, and so the things that are really on my mind is how do we help each other set clarity on the commitments that we're making, the outcomes that we want to see, and then the boundaries that actually give us a sense of harmony and um, balance between now what we're what we're sort of navigating, which is this fluidity of our lives, our work and our you know personal lives are just so blended.
0: Absolutely. And it sounds like you're still navigating through a lot of the challenges and the questions surrounding this. I'm going to ask a really broad question and sort of uh, ask you to step into the future of it um, past this transitional test period where we're all kind of trying to figure out exactly what we're doing next. Um, what do you see uh, as being the future of work? So five years down the line, how do you see that playing out? What is it, What will be sort of prioritized in the future of work?
1: Yeah. Um, so kind of channeling out there, what I'm, what I'm f- really hopeful for is that this is a forcing function to radically rethink how we're working. And, and I believe kind of underneath everything, this is the call that everyone is having is that the, the systems and the pressures and the things that are happening now, the hyper productivity that we're you know, sort of always sort of chasing, there has to be a better way and so what i'm hopeful for is that actually we are learning tools and mechanisms that allow each individual to feel more potent more in control and more effective of the value that we're trying to individually generate in the world Um, and so that to me like the level of tools the collective global learning that is occurring right now that we're going to be able to share with each other i think is incredibly tremendous so i think we're going to have more tools more technology more perspectives at our fingertips that will help us kind of reshape what this looks like in the future.
0: And I'm curious, you know, uh, a lot of folks who may be watching this may be leading their own companies. They may be CEOs or just other business leaders. Based on everything that you've been through and all the questions that you're navigating now, um, what would be your advice to other uh, business leaders trying to navigate this space? Um, what what are some of the learnings yeah. that you might on?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the first thing is, is like, this is hard and we're all going through it from different vantage points. And I, I think, you know, from the perspective, I think of anybody who's in a leadership role, like keeping that front and center, I think is really important because it can get really easy to get bogged down by the logistics and the operations of everything. And just to remember, like, it doesn't matter who you are right now. This is, this is really hard for every one of us. Um, the things that I have really been thinking about a lot is we have a new set of constraints in front of us, things like Zoom screens or Skype screens that we're using, um, you know, reading body language in different ways, what it means to meet each other in person, what it means to not, and actually using those contexts and seeing them as a new medium to be able to paint and create with rather than an obstruction or an obstacle. And the reason that I say that is if we can step forward to these new constraints, with a bit of creativity and a bit of curiosity. I am really, really confident that I think we're going to come through with something different. And I'll tell you, I get this inspiration from having seen, um, you know, performance art be so impacted by the pandemic and then seeing things like interactive theater happening by virtue of video screens and seeing a group of artists just try to make the constraints work in their favor and creating just new forms of engagement that we just didn't know were there before and so that's the spirit that that i say like we got a chat we got a channel and that's the opportunity i think that's in front of us
0: so i also just want to zoom in on um, kickstarter itself is there anything you can tease to us about the future of kickstarter Um, doesn't necessarily have to be as an employer, could be as a company or some cool things that you guys are working on, or perhaps they are things that you learned during the pandemic um, that are going to change the company moving forward.
1: Sure. Um, You know, the one thing that I will say that was really, that I think was just really motivating and it was actually surprising, and I mentioned it earlier, is that the support network, the people that want to see creative work in the world show up, is I think bigger than we actually think it is. And I often think that has to do with how often are you greeted with something creative, a project that you would care about. And so when I think about this new kind of world that we're stepping into, the generation that's coming after us, that's thinking about creative independence in a very different way than the past generations have, the demand I think for these tools and the ability to have your own creative independence is gonna continue to grow and the desire to seek out the creative ideas Um, and support them are gonna continue to grow at a very rapid pace. And so when I think about Kickstarter in that context, you know, at the end of the day, for me, it's how do I connect the person who's got the idea with the person who cares about it? And what are all the different ways we can do that as quickly as possible? And that is, I think, so much of where our heads been in the last, you know, probably year, year and a half now, having seen this as a result of, of, um, or, or sort of amplified during the pandemic.
0: Well, that's a great look into the future. Aziz, thank you so much for your time. Uh, Unfortunately, we're out of time here, so we'll have to leave it there. Thanks again. Thanks for listening. For more information on our upcoming programs, go to WashingtonPostLive.com.